Hey, Jason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to react in this situation, but I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Why did Adele cross the road? I don't know. To say hello from the other side. <laughs> Musician Mindset is a conversation series that extracts the performance and preparation thought process from world-class musicians, leaving you with wisdom and exercises to level up your musical journey. What a great use of time right there, right? That's just like, it's a gift that keeps on giving right there. That's awesome, dude. Well, we can see that uh, Dave Johnstone's been busy uh, working on his craft as a comedian. And um, he's still at it, folks. He's still doing a great job. It's good to see you again. It's good to be back. Welcome back to Musician's Mindset Podcast. It's been a minute. I don't even know how long. Probably a year, right? At least. At least. Yeah. Um, You've been traveling. I've been traveling. You've been thriving i've been surviving you've been thriving man. <laughs> uh, i've been surviving my thriving uh you know because it comes at a cost that's for sure uh okay cool so we're here and you approached uh the maybe it was a couple weeks back to do this again and pick back up and i think we're both in a good like headspace right now to do this and like at a good point in our careers and uh, just as the year plays out we're at a good point to do this and and I was super stoked to do it um, I think what's cool about you know how we're approaching these conversations is uh, we both have our own intentions you know and I look at what we're trying to get out of, of these conversations mm-hmm. uh, which is which is great you know because uh, we're at a point in our careers individually um, where we have to be very selective with how we allocate our time capital, you know, and, and like, well, what do we get out of that? Even if it's just like relaxing. Um, so I'm pretty excited to, uh, to do these uh, talks again, to just get out of it what I, you know, want to get out of it and, and knowing what you're wanting to get out of it. And I think, so I think it's cool. I'm, I'm stoked to do it and I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to see you guys again. We have Harrison sitting to my right. Yes. We, with a beard. It. Our friendly engineer when we can get him. Yeah. He gets yeah. more gigs than me at this yeah. point. Will you hurry up and graduate <laughs> high school already? Okay. We need a full-time guy here. <laughs> All right. So, Dave, um, jump in. Go ahead. Tell us what you've been doing, and then we'll get into the questions. Tell like tell the audience what what we're going to do now, and, and we'll go from there. i got a bunch of things lined up for you. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to get this back up and running as well. I'm excited for some of the guests that we're going to have coming on. And these are always great conversations and fun for me and hopefully helpful and fun for other people that listen. Um, Yeah, it's hard to uh, think it's been, it probably has been at least a year since we've done one. So I guess for me, one of the main things in the last year uh, was doing the Dave Cause cruise, which was almost a month in Europe for the month of May. Mm-hmm. And I had a pretty cool opportunity come up this time around. I've done it uh, two times before this, but for this third one, they uh, approached me and asked me to be one of the MDs for the cruise. So what that means in that context is um, a large part of my responsibility. I was still playing. I still was playing 10 shows a week, just playing drums, but also <clears throat> I was connecting all the different artists with all of our various house bands. Um, cause for the most part, the artists don't bring their own bands. So we were one of the house bands and then we have maybe like four, I don't know, three or four other house bands. 
So the artists would come on, they'd get assigned their band. I would connect them and make sure that the artists uh, know who their musicians are and are like uploading their um, charts and MP3s, make sure the musicians are getting that stuff and that everything's clear. Um, and lots of scheduling, like admin type stuff. I was overseeing 10 venues and like 140 shows a week. So it was a big responsibility, but ultimately really fun. So that was a big thing. And, um, other than that, it's just been busy with more of the same, you know, doing some sessions from home at the home studio, other one-off traveling with various artists and things and, and gigs around LA. I feel like the uh, the M- MD job is like perfectly suited for you because uh, you have you have like the both sides of the brain thing going on and being able to separate that and it's like I've you know I've been fortunate enough to watch your career evolve over the past well like almost ten years now mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of like you've been doing that along the way you know right. like on smaller scales and now it's just like the opportunity comes up and you capitalize on the opportunity uh, and it's perfect. Uh, do you, I have a lot of questions about the, about the emptying. First of all, what was the biggest challenge that you encountered with that, that you did not expect? Hmm. By and large, I would say, honestly, it was less challenging than I expected, honestly, because all the people are so cool that I was working with. They all made it easy. Um, I would say one, a challenge was just, uh, getting people to, turn in everything required on all the various deadlines that we had. We had uh, like marker points along the way of, um, you know, songs have to be uploaded by this date, make sure people have this by this date. Um, So we can send out those emails, but there's no forcing anyone to do any of that stuff, you know? Um, And for the most part, everyone was good about it. But, you know, as it's getting closer and closer, we're like, oh, we need to make sure that we're on track and, uh, as my wife says, there's a special kind of stress that comes with, uh, being responsible for things that you have no control over. Mm. <laughs> so I just know that, 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 I know that, that kinda, stress very well. Yeah. That's your whole life probably. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just that kind of stuff. But once, uh, the, the legwork upfront was a lot, but once we got out there, um, it was really great. Couple like interpersonal issues that I had to manage people managing and, you know, I joked with a friend of mine that I was like becoming a therapist during the gig because, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like a couple of times you have to like call people into the principal's office sort of and like talk to them about issues. So but even that I felt I feel pretty well suited for that. I I enjoy all the different aspects of uh, of that gig. So, it was yeah, cool. I mean, like you read a, a tremendous amount mm-hmm. you know, and it's not even really about music. You're reading about like psychology and, mm-hmm. and you know all the different aspects of that and philosophy and whatnot. So it's like perfectly suited for you. Yeah. Um, I'm, cu- I'm curious about the, um, the, the setup time before the, the cruise and getting people to respond to your, mm-hmm. to your emails in a timely manner. Cause that's something I, I see big time problems with, uh, uh, in my world. Did you, did you set deadlines say, Hey, we need this done by, you need to submit it by this date yep. uh, and still have problems. Like, like, where do you think that comes from? Like if you, you're setting the expectation, Hey, I need this by this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't do that, it causes a whole bunch of other problems. Where do you feel like the, the delay comes from with people? Where, like what causes the people to not meet those deadlines? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Well, he's much more direct than me folks. I think <laughs> I just want to understand. Um, I think that not to be stereotypical, but 
with creatives and musicians, they're not all the most detail oriented, organized, uh, type a sort of people that you and I are, you know, Mm -hmm. by and large, I think that it's kind of, you know, you get more like free spirits and whatever, and it happens when it happens. And, um, what, who was the author? Uh, Ryan holiday was talking about this, that uh, I can't remember the author's name. They asked him in an interview, do you write on a schedule every day or do you wait for inspiration to strike you? And he says, I write only when inspiration strikes me. Thanks. Thankfully, it strikes every morning at 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so that kind of idea, just like forcing yourself to be on a schedule. And mm-hmm. it, um, yeah, I mean, I don't fault anybody, you know, for, for stuff like that. It's, you never know what people are going through or what their circumstances are or whatever. But, um, and I mean, like 95% of people were great with it, with the deadlines and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it comes from because I can't really relate to that. But how much do you tolerate it? How much will you tolerate? This is something Uh, I'm trying to work out for myself as well. Well, the cruise is a a different thing. I'm not making the deadlines myself. Uh, There's, I have a, a boss MD over me. That's the overarching MD. Mm -hmm. I was the MD over all the satellite stages. There's a separate MD for the main stage. And then there's an overarching MD over both of us. So he and Dave cause would like make, the big picture things and I would more like enforce it and just communicate with people. So for that, I would actually ask him sometimes like, Hey, is it time? Should I poke this guy? Should I send an email? Should I nudge them? Or, or sometimes I would send it up the food chain and like if the higher up than me would send the follow up email, then things get done. You know, Mm -hmm. for myself personally, I tolerate very little of that. And I assume you're probably the same way. Yeah. That drives me crazy. Um, I, tolerate basically none of that at all. Um, in terms of when I'm contracting gigs, when I'm hiring musicians, uh, I just don't have a tolerance for that because there's too many other moving pieces and there are too many really great people who have their stuff together. Yeah, man. It's just, it's really frustrating. And the reason I'm, I'm getting into this is because part, you know, part of the point of the show is to inform younger musicians who are starting out in their career, excuse me, things that they can do to put themselves in a better situation uh, mm-hmm. and have a better chance of being successful, however you define that, right? Mm-hmm. As a professional musician, take artistry aside. And if you are not being respectful of the the musical, musical director in this situation, but you know, take your pick, it could be an artist you're contracting for, it could be a venue, it could be anything, um, of their schedule and, and, and try to like put yourself in their position, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage, you know, because what is one thing that you don't want to be having to deal with? And that's like following up on emails or like, you know, you don't want to have these things floating around of like, when is this person going to respond? Because you have a hundred other things that are going on to make sure that the project project gets executed. Well, yeah. Uh, So if you are a young, young musician, I feel like learning how to set a time for yourself to check your emails every day and respond and categorize those emails of like, okay, is this urgent? Is this, I can get to it tomorrow or is this, I can get to it in a week, I think is a, is a invaluable skill. Mm-hmm. And well, I, it, it's, it's, you know, it's something that can be learned for sure. Like, like I see it with a lot of our instructors because we, we tend to hire instructors now that are between 19 and 22, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the general range. And almost every one of them, uh, 
uses email very inefficiently. Yeah. Uh, but we have to coach that up, right? And hey, I need you to check your email once a day. I don't care when it is, but check your email once a day. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time, there's not going to be anything for you to see there. But that ten percent of the time that there is, we're going to need a faster response. So just give me the courtesy of putting it into your schedule to check and make sure that you're holding yourself accountable uh, and not holding anybody else up. You know, yeah. I, I think it, that, that's super, super valuable. I, I could be wrong about this, but I feel like that age bracket, they don't even use email that much they in don't. general. They don't. It's weird. Text message. It's texting. But the problem with, I have with that is I'm a big fan of like folders and subfolders of emails. Same. So for like the cruise, I had, I have a cruise folder. Each year is a subfolder. Each artist is a subfolder of that subfolder. And sometimes an artist has two subfolders <laughs> mm-hmm. because to me, like that's the only way, if those were all text messages, I'd be screwed. Right. There's no way you could search it efficiently or look up, you know, Oh, when did he send the set list? When's the whatever? Um, yeah. I mean like to-do lists, reminders, email folders, those are so critical for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so even, I mean, uh, sometimes if someone calls me, I'll just say, can you put it in an email? You know, I very frequently do the same thing. Or if it's a text message, sometimes I'll screenshot it and attach the screenshot to the calendar entry in iCal. All kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, I just got a takeaway there. Yeah. Especially if it's like someone texting you about money. Yeah. And then it's six months away and you're like, oh, I'm going to screenshot it and attach it to the date. Because because it's a text message. Yeah. You're not going to find it again. Yeah. Well, exactly. Right. How many are going to come through on a day? Does, does, uh, does Nick operate uh, on the same page as you as far as like, I feel like he would be doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. No, he and I are both definitely on the same page with, with organization and I'm still, you know, working under him as an MD on tons of other things. Mm -hmm. We just got done doing a 10 day artist retreat that he was MDing. Oh, right. And, yeah, I mean, that's part of what I love about working with him is like the organization and all all the stuff that we're talking about. He's so on it. Right. Yeah. So for anybody that's listening, I, I don't want to come across as like cranky old guys. <laughs> I mean, I kind of am at this point, but <laughs> I embrace it. But it's it's that, listen, just be aware that it's not just your world. If you're involved in a project, the project has many people and many moving parts, and there's at least one person, you know, directing the ship. There may be multiple people. Yeah. Just check once a day. I'm so glad you said that too, because the the gig we just did was literally that. It's not about you as a musician. It's not even about the band. It's not even about the music. I mean, it's about all those things, but it's not the most important thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we were, it's a huge puzzle, a huge conglomerate that had, uh, choreographers, producers, sound, lighting, uh, you know, all kinds of moving parts. And if I'm sitting here as the drummer thinking it's all about me, that's not going to end well. You know, Mm -hmm. Neil deGrasse Tyson, he says, uh, Remember, the universe has no center. Therefore, you can't be it. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I've, by the way, I have a sidebar. Have you seen that uh, documentary on the new uh, telescope, uh, the, the web telescope? The web, no, but seen? it's in my uh, queue. Because like four so people awesome. have told me about it. Oh, dude, it's yeah. it's so awesome. Because it, anytime you see those kind of documentaries or you go to like a planetarium, whatnot, the perspective shift that happens is is so powerful. Yeah. You know, like you, you forget that you're so small, you yeah, know, totally. in something that's so big. That's like, you know, it gets back to like, like Marcus Aurelius and yeah. Seneca talk. Yeah. It's like, you, 
your problems are your problems as much as you make them your problems. Yeah. You know, and, but you're just a little speck in this vast thing. So answer your friggin' emails, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but listen, I, I, I think that's important, man. Like, I think yeah. like these kind of fundamental um, skill sets uh, uh, are can go a long way for musicians uh, because you know you are a business and that's one of the things i want to be talking about over the next series of, of uh, conversations we're going to have and record um is is to get younger musicians to understand that everything you do is a part of your business mm-hmm. right and your business is a musician okay well what does that mean it doesn't mean that you just you play an instrument. That's just a part of your business, right? Yeah. That's the service that you offer. Yeah. But how do you deliver that service? Are right. you showing up on time? Are you responding to emails efficiently? Are you sending invoices properly? Like, are you a, a hassle to somebody else, or are you um, a a asset to somebody else? Yeah. You know, and if you can focus on being an asset and understanding what that you know what that means you know, then you become Dave Johnstone, you know what I mean? Like, you, Well, you, that's that's a big part of how I think. You're right. I mean, am I, in a given situation, am I a positive presence, like net positive? Right. You know, whatever issues there may be, at the end of the day, is it better that I was there or was it a distraction or was it a hassle, like you said? So, yeah, thinking like that is huge. And even on the email thing, I mean, I, in a broader context we've talked about this actually on the show before but get on board with however your boss md producer whoever get on board with their communication style and uh, format and even if you're not an email guy it's so simple to set up that email account on your phone and have notifications Mm -hmm. i mean it doesn't matter like you can get a notification of an email the same as a text it doesn't matter you Mm -hmm. know so people just need to do it and need to want to do it yeah, you just got you got to build it into your professional development. Yeah, yep. Uh, it's like you put in all this time practicing your instrument, or like working on the tone of your instrument, or your recording skills. It's like, what would happen to your career if you invested in your professional skills? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I, I'm hoping that that's lessons that we can get across, yeah. you know, to to people as we're we're talking through this. Uh, because I, I mean, I really do think that's you know one of the one of the main components that you, that got you to this situation that you're in right now. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you're I tell everybody like one of the best drummers, if not the best drummer I've ever seen uh, and played with, world class for sure. But there's also other world class drummers, mm-hmm. right? But what makes you different, right? It's it's all here. You know, it's all yeah. in your mind. Uh, it's just you ninety percent mental, and the other ten percent is all in your head. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he tells jokes, folks. Uh, okay, cool. So um, I have a bunch of questions that uh, I wanted to ask you. Uh, so let's start it with, what is your musician mindset? We kind of hinting at it right now, you know, through yeah. this organically. But but go ahead and develop that. So the show is called Musician Mindset, right? Mm-hmm. But I thought a good way to kind of circle back uh, since we we took a hiatus is to define that for ourselves, you know? So what is your musician mindset? Yeah, um, I think that's a great question for everyone to ask themselves, because you may know it intuitively, but uh, having to verbalize it really, I think, uh, solidifies it. And with the caveat that we're talking about, for me, like a hired musician and a working musician, not an artist, uh, for me, it is basically that I want to be the type of person that I would want to hire. 
And so if that's like your mission statement, then you can figure out what that means. What, what does it mean to be someone that I would want to hire? Uh, what are the qualities that I want in someone else? And I want to adopt those for myself. So it's a lot of what we've already talked about. Professionalism, being on time, being easy to work with, obviously being a great musician, all of those types of things. So my mindset overall in a situation is, am I being a positive presence? Am I serving whoever it is I'm supposed to be serving, an MD or an artist or a producer? And really, am I serving and being a positive force for everyone around me too. So yeah, another thing that I was actually just talking to Nick about, funny enough, is the idea that when you're in any given situation of a gig, it's good to build the community around that as opposed to, there are a lot of really great musicians who their mindset is to show up, keep their head down, play great, do a great job, but they kind of like don't interact very much with anyone around them, including the other musicians. And for me, it's more fun when I'm playing with my friends. And so I guess like part of it is I kind of try to make anyone who I'm playing with my friend mm-hmm. and like, in a that sounds weird, but in a way, because I always am trying to like hang out and have uh, a personal connection to anyone I'm playing with and not just be so business-like all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's a big part of it for me. And I know everyone doesn't have that type of personality. For me, it's a genuine thing that I enjoy. Um, but even if that doesn't come naturally to you, I would encourage people to develop that because feeling a personal connection to the people around you is a really big factor, even in just being someone that someone wants to hire, you know? Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the playing is such a small portion of yeah. it. Again, it comes back to like, there's a, every, every musician can be a great musician, yeah. you know, as far as like on a technical level. But how many times have we heard, like heard guests in the past talk about the hang needing to be good? Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah. why did you get this gig? Or what do you look for when you're, you know, bringing somebody on or making a recommendation? Well, the hang's got to be good. Yeah. You know, like, like I want to be like easy because like when, when people are having fun, then it gets back to why you did this in the first place, mm-hmm. right? It's just to have fun. Yeah. Like, and there, yeah, the, the gig might be stressful uh, and there might be, you know, 10,000 people watching you. But if you're having fun first uh, with people that you want to have fun with, then yeah. the show's, you know, you're at least putting yourself in a better position to succeed yep. at the at the end of the day. And when you get into touring situations, I mean, yeah, yeah. 22 and a half hours of every day are not spent playing music with these people, <laughs> you know. Right. So it's, it becomes very important. Being locked in your cabin on a boat uh, <laughs> yeah, 22 right. hours a day <laughs> cannot be good for anybody. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so how much of those th- these skills and your, your ability to focus on them and cultivate them non-musical uh, were just inherently in you? Or, or, and how many of them or you know, what part of them have you been working on over the past like 10, 15 years? Um, I think... Some of it is inherently in me, it must be, but I've cultivated the interest through, like you alluded to, doing a lot of reading, and really it comes down to identifying a couple of people that you really look up to and see what they're doing. And it can be people in your life that you know personally or just people that 
are public figures that you look up to, which mm -hmm. I certainly have those. Mm -hmm. um, and I look at those guys and like, oh, well, they talk about uh, that it's super important to read all the time and be multidisciplinary and be versatile and, you know, things like that. So um, when I follow those rabbit holes, it takes me more and more into all of these different things. And then the more I'm learning about it, the more I get interested in it and it starts feeding on itself. So the reason I asked that question is to get people listening to understand that if you don't naturally have some of these characteristics, you can develop them, mm -hmm. right? And it circles back to what we were saying about the email thing. Like pick one you know, thing that one professional task or like it could be like the hang or whatnot, one aspect of your uh, business that you want to develop and develop it. You know, yeah. you don't have to do everything at once, but just like you should constantly be working on at least one thing and, and then develop that one thing into another thing. And you become more of a, a whole picture, uh, so to say. And that just puts you in a position to have freedom, right? Freedom yeah. to make the choices of what kind of gig you want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like where you're at in your career mm -hmm. right now. Like you've earned the right to decide what do I want to do next, yeah. right? Rather than having to uh, take every gig or any gig yeah. to, you know, to, to just... Uh, survive uh and it's it's just so powerful for people to understand that they can also do that right you have to play the long game yeah. and, and the long game means that you need to have the skill sets uh available to be able to choose your own adventure when that time comes and you've, you've earned that right yeah uh okay i, and I would just add too that if yeah. you know someone who listening to all this if it seems overwhelming or if it doesn't come naturally to you my best advice would be identify someone who's doing what you want to be doing and then reverse engineer what they do. Right. That's the best thing to do. I mean, it's really not complicated. That's what most people do when they're yeah. learning how to play an instrument, right? Like yeah. they got inspired somehow and, yeah. and like they followed that person. And then, so what, you know, what if you like went a level deeper and, and yeah. like I take David Goggins for, for example, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a big David Goggins fan. You know, what is that guy doing that makes me feel something, mm -hmm. you know, like, like what aspect of, of what he's doing? Now, I'm not going to go out and run 200 miles, mm -hmm. you know, in a setting, but the, the mentality that he has is like, okay, I want a little piece of that. Yeah. Right. So search out people that aren't necessarily musicians, I think would be a good, yeah. a good exercise. Mm -hmm. And ask yourself, like, what is it about this person that's making me be attracted to them for whatever reason? Yeah. And see if you can pull out one skill or or one trait and, and just and just chip away at that and try and emulate it as, as best you can. And then you just like you like your musicianship comes from studying various other musicians, and it's the the kind of melting pot that becomes you. Mm -hmm. It's I feel it's the same way with with your overall professionalism and then even just you as a person, right? Yeah. It's like you're taking your influences from so many different yep. areas. Uh, if you want to do that, you know, if you allow yourself to do that and you, you mix it all together and you get, a, I feel a, a better you, you yep. know, and, and that's constantly evolving, yep. you know, like, cause we're constantly getting new influences on, on, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. And like both you and I are like the past several years have become very interested in investing. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, could you imagine your, you know, 18-year-old self, take Harrison out of this question because he already is, um, you know, <laughs> talking about index fund investing and, you know, and value investing and right. like reading about like Warren Buffett and yeah. like 
going to the Berkshire uh, uh, annual meeting. Oh, that was awesome. I bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, awesome. <laughs> like, like <laughs> yeah. to me, that sounds more interesting than going to a concert, right? Absolutely. You, you know, it's like. I got COVID at Berkshire Hathaway and it was so worth it. So, like, I would do it a hundred times again. Your, your ROI awesome. on that was just really spectacular. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, man. Well, uh, and it, yeah. before I forget this too, um, I think that you're more of a sports guy than I am. I don't, I don't care about any sports at all, but I sports, think what that, are sports? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm playing as fast as I can. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that there's a lot for musicians to gain from sports psychology. Absolutely. Honestly. Yeah. And like, uh, Michael Gervais, yep. who we talk about, yep, yep. Uh, anyone listening who isn't familiar, he has an awesome podcast called finding mastery yeah, yeah. and he will actually, he's a, what team is he with? Uh, like Seattle the, Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. He's the like sports psychologist yeah. on staff for mm-hmm. the Seattle Seahawks. Really, really interesting guy finding mastery. He brings on people from any field, any, you know, career, any, mm-hmm. so anyone who he identifies as having mastery in their thing. And that's a, a cool concept, and it, it turns into really interesting conversations that I've learned a lot from that I take and apply to music. Definitely. The parallels yeah. in, between sports and music uh, run deep. Yeah. Uh, because I've been such a sports person like my entire life, you know, like the transition into um, playing music was very easy for me because right. I understood the power of repetition, like from a practice perspective, yeah. you know, like you have to be competitive. You have to be better than everyone else. Yeah, okay. Well, but that was my mentality. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? I like, and, and I think that translated, um, very well into me being a business person. Yeah. Uh, so uh, even though you're like, you know, you might not be into sports, I definitely think it's, you want to be open-minded enough to try and study like what made Kobe Bryant great. Yeah. You know, like, like what makes this athlete in any sport, or this coach in any sport, like how do they get to the top of their game? Yeah, you know, uh, so the, you know, getting to like like us, like like in, like uh, studying investors and and like financial people. I mean, yeah, I want to know how they how they were able to acquire all that wealth. Yeah, I mean, sure, the wealth would be great, but like I'm interested in the process. Right, you know what I mean? Like, how do you go from from zero to one? Like, yeah. like what is that? Like, and I think that uh, embarking down those paths have just been so valuable yep you know and i think if you take away the label of um you know music psychology or sports psychology if you just put it under an umbrella of like performance psychology or like peak performance psychology peak performance yeah that's what that's the parallel yeah and that's where you can get value out of all that stuff right and like that's what you want to be as a pro right you want to be at your peak yeah um and that's going to change from time to time yeah you know like uh but I think there's value there. So let's move on. Where are you at mentally? Um, more specifically, like, like what's important to you now that wasn't important to you five years ago and how has that impacted your career? So where are you at mentally? And then give maybe some examples. Where I'm at mentally, we've talked about a little, which is that I'm very um, focused on reading and learning right now. And like you said, <clears throat> It's primarily outside of the field of music, although it's informing me as a musician and making me a better musician. It's primarily uh, philosophy, psychology, behavioral economics, investing, things like that is what really interests me right now. And, you know, like you were talking about Warren Buffett, I mean, he's definitely a guy that is one of those guiding lights in my life that I look to 
it for all aspects of his character and his wisdom and all that stuff. And he's always talking about how much he's reading all kinds of stuff. He reads like five, six, seven hours a day mm-hmm. and he's 90 something and he's still kicking ass, you know, mm-hmm. and he's not retiring cause he loves what he does. Right. So yeah, my mentally I'm, I'm very, uh, focused on reading, learning, you know, what everyone calls growth mindset, I guess. Um, that's, and that's where I want to try to stay. I think I've been there for a while and yeah. it's, you're either going one way or the other, you know, I don't want to ever be stagnating or getting stale or anything. Mm-hmm. And that's when, when you're thinking like you're thinking, you recognize people that are doing the opposite. Right. And you're going to run in the, as a turn off. Totally. I just had that happen the, uh, just yesterday yeah. to somebody with, with having that issue. I'm like, you just hold me back. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no way it's, it's either like we're all driving down the, the, the freeway together yeah. or get out of my way. Yeah. You know, put your Prius on the side. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so what's, what's important to you now that wasn't five years ago? Um, all of that stuff. I think five years ago, music was still, I mean, except for like family and stuff, music was all that was important to me five years ago. So I think that I've broadened my horizons and my mind a lot. It, it has all been in the last five years for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's just, it's just that it's just broadening my realms of study and interest. And it's making me a more whole person, which is in turn making me a better musician. Totally. Because the end goal still for me ultimately is being a musician. Right. And being a great musician. Right. So any of these other things that I'm interested in, it's all still serving me as a musician, ultimately. Because it's still giving you the platform to work on your musical craft. Yeah. I mean, every time I hear you play drums, you're better than the last time I heard you play drums. Oh, thanks, man. Which is, which is like, it's very impressive to see um, with someone that's, like, later on in their career still doing that. Like, mm-hmm. uh Jeff Beck was like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's a guy, if you follow his trajectory as a musician, like in the early seventies, one could be like, wow, he's at his peak. Right. But I got to see him, I think it was 2019. Uh, no, no, it was, it was after, it was after COVID. It was, it was like maybe 2021, 2022, something like this. Uh, like, mind-blowing yeah it was the best musician i've ever seen wow like absolutely mind-blowing but the the guy just keep kept evolving kept changing his style kept yeah. getting better kept refining it uh so like there's always room for that kind of growth but you got to allow yourself that that uh, time freedom to be able to do that and put yourself in the mindset of i can always be one percent better yeah you know yeah. um and and that when you get to you know the level of pro one percent is a big difference, you right. know. Like, and to me, that's the the, the fun aspect of the investing twenty five years of, of doing mm-hmm. uh, playing an instrument, right? It's like, all right, well, how am I going to get that much better? Yeah, you know, because that one percent is very hard to accomplish. That's what I was just going to say. The flip side of that coin, one percent is a lot, but the noticeable progress that you make, you could work for days, weeks, months, and feel like you're not accomplishing anything. Cause mm-hmm. when you're starting out as a drummer, like the first like four way coordination beat you can play, you're like, Oh, awesome. Huge, noticeable milestone. You know, mm-hmm. as things progress, those increments get smaller and smaller, but 
the they're more and more refined. It may not even be noticeable to most listeners or whatever, but you're adding like depth and refinement that are less tangible things to observe in terms of progress. Totally. I that that's the game. Yeah. Like in my mind, like I know I think the next time we'll talk about my musician mindset. Yeah, um, we're yeah, we're gonna do a whole episode on you, man, because I want to know about all your oh, I'll, I'll tell your you. world domination I, I, that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm having fun, I'll tell you that for sure. Um, and I got a lot of things I, I, I wanna I wanna share. Uh, but uh, what I was what I was getting at is is that um, the, the the game of getting like just that one percent better is, is, on a musical level mm-hmm. uh, to me is it makes it it keeps it exciting mm-hmm. you know uh, and I feel like that's the what you really have to be thinking and trying to feel to continue to evolve is like what's yeah. going to make it feel like day one right you know right. And, and as long as like you're, you're after that. You know, it's like you're going to keep getting better and better yeah. and better. And I think the challenge of, of the small growth is uh, is really, really exciting. Yeah. You know, and every, I, I've, I've changed my perspective on like am, in reviewing my playing in terms of like three months or six months to annually. Mm-hmm. Right. Because like, the projects I'll work on for myself, technique wise or whatever, uh I now think in terms of, of 12 months at yeah. least before I do a check-in, but yeah. I'm chipping away the entire time. Right. You know what I right. mean? It's like singular focus. This is what I'm trying to get better at. Yep. Um, and when you, you hit that breakthrough point, you know, it's just like when I was, you know, 17 years old, like ch- chipping away at trying to learn how to play slide guitar. And then one day you can play slide guitar. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like when, super fun. When, when you get past the point of like, I'm trying to have faster hands or something. And then you get to a point of like, I want depth in my playing. Yes. That's when it gets like fun, you know, That's because so like you could hear an intermediate drummer play, you know, one and three on the kick and two and four on the snare and eighth notes on the hi-hat and it would sound fine. And then you hear Steve Gadd do it. And maybe to some people it sounds the same, you know, but to me, to, you know, to people who can hear it, it's an ocean of difference because yeah. like when you hear Steve Gadd play a very simple groove, you hear all of the depth behind what he's doing you know it's just and that's not something tangible and it's not something you can explain you know but people who work with him don't want to work with anyone else (laughs) you know what i mean right so that's like the biggest compliment i get you know from time to time is i'll i'll do a gig and some the artist will say like i don't want to work with anyone else right and so (laughs) i'm not not saying that from an ego standpoint (laughs) but like you know i'm saying like that they don't know why it's not because you have the fastest hands it's not it's any of that package. stuff. It's a package and it's like a, it's something that transcends technique and all that. Like I'll get comments from like artists to say, you make me feel safe. You make me feel comfortable. Sure. Like, how do you teach that? You know, but yeah. I mean, that's really what we're talking about here. You know, right. those types of things. Plus so, you tell jokes. I mean, plus, how, how many drummers are really telling jokes obviously. Like, on the level that you're doing? <laughs> well, the thing is I can do my own rim shots. That's, that's it's efficient. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, okay, so let's let's uh, let's bring it to a close for at least for this this first comeback. Um, and anybody who's just joining us for the first episode will have no idea what we're talking about. But there's been a yeah. pretty uh, big gap like, in between last time we chatted and this time. So go back and listen to other uh, yeah. uh, previous shows. I was gonna say we have like 25 to 30 in the archive. Right? Yeah, there's uh, like there's and iTunes. there's some great content in yeah. there um, and some really good guests. So go back and, and listen, and you'll hear kind of where we're going with this. But um, I mean, I look forward to to more chats for sure, and like, I think this is a great plat platform uh, 
to really inspire or try to inspire you know our 20 year old selves Mm -hmm. um or maybe people that are like are like at the midpoint in their career Mm -hmm. you know that just need new tools to to get over the the hump uh and that's what i'm really excited to do you know is just is have a chat see where it goes and and hopefully it helps people yeah we're gonna have some awesome guests coming in too and we get to hang out with harrison for a couple more weeks yeah (laughs) as i said let's just hurry up with this high school thing okay let's see (laughs) we have have plenty of work for you to do okay don't don't let school get in the way of your education (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's true all right dave any closing comments no, man, it's good to be back. Yeah. Excited to get this fired up again. And yeah, yeah. I'm excited for your episode and for everyone to hear all the stuff you've been doing. It's yeah, cool. yeah. All right, so we'll chat again uh, soon. Sooner sooner than later. Yeah, uh, less right. than two more years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, I'm out. All right. Thanks for listening to Musician Mindset Podcast with Dave Johnstone and Jason Land. You can contact the show through Facebook and Instagram at Musician Mindset Podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a written review and a five-star rating on iTunes.